0: They are guides, all guides, and in unexpected places, you'll meet their friendly faces. And a ready hand besides, there's not much danger of finding you're a stranger. For a commissioner or ranger, they are guides, all guides. Hi, and welcome to Guides Own, the unofficial guiding podcast where we talk everything guiding. I'm Taryn.
1: And I'm Marissa. This week we have a mix of different topics that we'll be covering, starting off with opening and closing songs.
0: We'll also discuss the different areas of program in the Canadian Guiding Program and how they embrace Guides' uh, goal to build strong, confident, and empowered young women.
1: And then we'll swing back in time as we talk about the wonderful woman herself, Linda Carter, and the achievements that she has made for women working in the entertainment industry.
0: And lastly, we'll close out the episode with Sparks Jump Up, an opening song for the youngest branch of Guiding.
1: As I was writing that out, um, I thought it kind of funny because we're closing with an opening song. I thought that was just sort of a little funny because I was like, oh, yeah, no, we're doing the opening, not the closing. So I have to make sure I wrote that correctly. Yeah. But yeah, openings and closings. That's what we're talking about first. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, they're. Fairly self-explanatory. The explanation is in the title, really. And so they're songs that we use to open up our meetings. Um, It's nice because each branch sort of has their own song. So there's unique ones as you go along. Um, Guides. Oh, sorry, no, Guides do have an opening song. It's Pathfinders and Rangers that don't really have a traditional one. There isn't one in any songbooks that I know of that I've heard of. Um, I didn't see anything historically either, like, in the past, if there was. So I don't know if maybe um... its openings and closings became something newer. Uh, Who knows? Mm. But there's lots out there. And um, we'll start off with Sparks. So Sparks, um, there are two that I know of um sparks jump up of course which is the one we'll be covering later in the episode um and there's also call one called the sparks gathering song um i took a brief listen to it but it's again it has to be short right because sparks have a short attention span short you know ability to remember lyrics and songs so it has to be quick and easy and also sparks only typically meet for an hour so you don't want to be getting too involved with the songs and stuff but yeah they're um they're cute little openings for sparks.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the spark gathering song. Um, it seems really cute. The lyrics are: We come into a circle, we make a great big ring, we all join join hands together, and then we start to sing: We're sparks, sparks, sparks. We're sparks, sparks, sparks. Which is cute. Yeah. Um, uh, brings back the whole idea of you know we're friends and we're sharing like working together to make a ring and holding each other's hands
1: yeah very much so and then um when you get up to brownies there's also two brownie songs um i only or sorry no there's not two there's one um (laughs) so it's it's just we're the brownies here's our aim lend a hand and play the game and of course that lend a hand thing is like biggest part of brownies right that's sort of what you know and live by um just sort of like how sparks is about sharing and being a friend um what i didn't realize is that they also have circle songs which they're just sung to the same tune as the opening but they have ones for each group um i only found four on the website that i was looking at but i just put one in for the elves um, and it is, this is what we do as elves, think of others, not ourselves. And the reason I picked that one to share is because I thought it was really, fit really well with the Brownie, you know, motto and, mm-hmm. and the song itself, right? And lending a hand and helping others. Um, so I thought that was cute. And, uh, I can't remember, I think I was, uh, One year I was a pixie, and another year I was another one that I can't remember the name of because, I don't know, it always escapes me. But um, I don't remember singing circle songs, necessarily. I do remember maybe when I had the Browning Handbook, the songs were written out in the book. And I think I remember, like, looking at the words, but I don't think we ever, like, tried to all learn them because, again, there's, like, we were... Fairly average sized group. Um, but I think it would take us too long to get through the mall. Like yeah. our leaders probably thought like that was too much of a time waste. So I mean, we traditionally also did the whole like, someone would go around and collect dudes, someone would set up the toadstool with the owl. And like, mm-hmm. we did some sort of opening, you know, ceremony every meeting. And I really enjoyed that. That's like something I remember really well. So
0: yeah, I remember we did the same thing in our little patrols and someone took attendance in the notebook and we all had, I don't know, our dime or quarter or whatever it was when we <laughs> were brownies for dues. Um and I remember my unit singing uh the opening song in circle songs. And I remember never remembering the words to my circle song. But I can't <laughs> tell you what I was at all. Like, that's completely gone. I just, like, vividly remember not actually knowing what the words to my circle song were. Um, (laughs) but yeah, we, um, my brownies was, uh, close to my babysitter, so i go, like, my babysitter would drop me off, and so I was usually there a few minutes early, and whoever, like, whichever girls were there first would set up, like, our toadstool and everything while, like, in the ten minutes before the meeting, as everyone was getting like gathering and talk, parents were talking to leaders and stuff. Um, so when our meeting started, everything was ready, and I guess we just had time. Where my leaders thought it was cute and they liked it, <laughs> but we definitely did circle songs.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's interesting to hear that because, I mean, I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people at Bear Brownies. Like my experience is always like talking about people who were in guides i think everyone has a better memory of like guides and onwards Mm -hmm. i think brownies and sparks is hard to remember but that's cool to hear glad to hear that somebody's making use of those songs right like
0: yeah
1: nice to know um so then moving on up to guides um you will know that our intro song for this podcast is the guide marching song um so i guess we don't really need to sing it or explain (laughs) the words um fairly straightforward just talking about Guides and how, you know, you're, um, people who are friendly and ready to help and, yeah, everyone's accepted. Um, so that was the song that you said that you did for guide opening, right?
0: Yeah, and I remember we didn't include it in our opening song, but very clearly, um, the last line for Commissioner Ranger, we are guides, all guides, we would, like, because it was as we were in our horseshoe, um and we had like kind of finished marching. We would stomp really hard to like emphasize that we were guides. Um and that was always fun and cute. Um and you said you did the law song, right?
1: Yeah, so I did the law song and I remember this really well. We would start off in our patrols. Um and I think when I was in second year I got to be one of the patrol leaders um and then from our patrols we were like in four corners of the room and then we would like march together into our horseshoe and we would sing the law song and like you though at the end we would do the stomps right because you're marching in your horseshoe and then at the end you would do the final two yeah um, just to like make sure everyone stops walking in in place so that's funny <laughs> that that seems to carry on no matter what the song is yeah but um yeah like we i've Said in previous podcasts, the guide law song was really helpful because um, it taught me the guide law, and and now I never have to like look back. I just know it. Um, mm-hmm. So like when I was writing out our notes, I just sung it and I typed it out, and I was like, got it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a nice one, and it's easy enough to march to, just like the um, guide marching song.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Where I met for guides, we didn't have a ton of space. We were in. For a couple of years, we were in the basement of a church, and then, I think, it was either Guides or Burnu's, I was in a church. um, And then, uh, we moved into a school gym, but it was the same leaders, and I, yeah, we just didn't have a ton of space when we started, so we never mm-hmm. went and, like, really started marching. I think, like, we stood in the hall and marched into the room we met in. yeah, um, But... Like I said, I can't remember where I met. There are so many different meeting halls <laughs> and gyms and rooms. I can't keep track of like where I was at any one time, and where I grew up. There's um, two churches on our main street, both called St. Andrews. Oh. Both like are really involved in the community and like both have guide. Groups who meet in them. So, like, and I definitely grew up meeting in one sometimes and the other other times. So, I, I, yeah, that's I have no clue where I really anything
1: was. That's really confusing. Like,
0: it <laughs> is. I, I can imagine,
1: like, someone drops their kid off at one and it's like the wrong church.
0: Yeah, it's really hard the first couple weeks of any year. Um, but luckily, like it's really common knowledge that there's two St. Andrews, so as long as you make it clear which one it is, parents tend to be okay. And like they're, I don't know, like a two minute walk from each other. If you're in the wrong one, like even spots <laughs> are, like big enough that they can walk to the other church. Um,
1: that's funny though that they have such close names, and they're both you know both yeah. meeting places.
0: It's, uh, definitely something that you need to be very clear with in emails and correspondence.
1: Yeah. So, um, with Pathfinders and Rangers, then, as we said, there's no, like, formal songs. But, I mean, with our meetings, we usually just gather everyone around and, like, have announcements like you would normally do. And then you just start the meeting. That's sort of, again, there's no ceremony that I've ever known of. Maybe there is one out there. Um, if there is and you know about it, let us know. Yeah. Um. But I, I've never heard of anything, so.
0: We had uh, a very informal ceremony opening where, um, I think I've commented about it before, I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or not, but um, we had a time where the girls could, like, chat and catch up with each other, like, as a group and gossip. Um, and when I was a Pathfinder, we called it gossip, and then when I took over the Pathfinder unit, I guess over the years they kind of stopped, um, and we wanted to rename it because we weren't, you know, mm-hmm. too hot on the idea of having like a whole like ten minutes of our meeting like to gossip. And the girls named it Mustard Time, um, <laughs> because you know we were explaining it, we we're explaining what it was, we we're like, yeah, it's a chance for you to catch up with each other. And uh-huh. this one girl <laughs> wasn't really paying attention and heard catch up and thought the condiment. And so we ended up calling it Mustard Time, but they loved it. It was probably one of their most like what they're excited for every week. And like they just went around and like shared something exciting, um. If it was you know they got on the track team or did really well on a test, um, it was a nice chance for everyone to like kind of celebrate each other.
1: That yeah, that's important part too at that age, right? Like Pathfinders and Rangers. Um, that's sort of why a lot of those girls are still in pathfinders and rangers is because they want to be able to meet with other girls and you know a a lot of the time it's girls who don't you don't go to school with so Mm -hmm. other girls and you don't so you get to see them once a week and um sometimes every once every other week so that time is really precious and you that's what you want to do you want to be able to catch up really quickly and that's good to have a dedicated time we also like normally at our meetings (laughs) the first 10 minutes is waiting for everyone to arrive anyway like people tend to be a little bit later in our unit. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just let them chat anyway. And um, it usually is pretty good. Then after their attention usually stays on the meeting afterwards. Uh, It depends what the meeting's about, but (laughs) yeah, those are sort of the um, branch openings. Um, There are also opening songs that are not necessarily related to a certain branch, but are good Opening songs for like a campfire or just any other like guide zone too. Mm-hmm. Um, we could get into also what guide zone is all about. We should. I fr- don't think we have that as a topic. That's one we should probably we cover soon.
0: Should add that.
1: I don't know why that hasn't come up yet, but guide zone is basically a very. um It's like a reflection, not ceremony. It's like campfire, but it's like much more so- not somber. But, like, peaceful and, like, you read poetry, you sing songs that are, you know, sort of your openings, your very quiet ones. Um, and, yeah, that's what Guide Zone is. So some of the ones that I picked out um, for those kind of songs was Fires Burning, of course. Everyone sing. I think everyone sings Fires Burning as you're camping up. Like, if you don't sing Fires Burning, I don't know if that's a <laughs> campfire. Um, um,
0: yeah, we either sing Fires the- Burning or Tall Trees all the time.
1: Yeah, it's one or the other yeah. um, or both. And then there, the other two I have are um, Everywhere We Go, which is actually can be more of a marching around song. I've sung it when we're like in a big group and we're walking around like a city or like a big public space. Um, and then the other one is We Who Have Come Here, which I really like. Um, really nice song. Um, and again, just a nice like opening to any sort of event that you're at. Yeah. So those are all the openings. Um, Closings are basically the opposite. They're songs that we sing when we close our meetings. Um, And it's just like a nice way to gather and close the meeting before the girls say goodbye. Because you're not going to see them for a week sometimes. Um, Like rangers, some only meet once every other week. So Mm -hmm. just a nice way to close everything up. Um, So sparks. There are, again, two different spark ones you can choose from. There's the spark closing that is starts off as I promise to share and be a friend and then blah 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 blah. Um, and then there's another one called twinkle twinkle little spark Um, and it has a line in there I wish I had copied and pasted it but there's a line in there about um your parents are like here so you know we're like it's almost time to go to bed sort of type idea so it's a cute um closing of when I was junior leading sparks I know we did the I Promise to Share and Be a Friend Um, by Showing We Care, It's it's Love We Send, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I won't sing the whole thing. But um, when I was in Sparks as a girl, I don't remember doing any openings or closings, but to be fair, that was also, like, 20 years ago, <laughs> so my memory's really bad. Um, I have no idea. We Maybe we did. Maybe we did sing openings and closings, and I just don't know, but... Yeah. From my memory, I don't remember singing for that. Um,
0: when I was a spark leader, we sang both for a year, because uh, <laughs> they're both fairly short and sweet. Um, I also... I never liked the Twinkle Twinkle one as much, so like mm. it hasn't stuck in my head. Um, but I definitely remember singing. I don't know if I sung it as a closing or an opening when I was at Spark, but I sang the Sparks closing song. Um, I definitely remember that. No clue if it was openings or closings. Yeah. Um, I don't know how regular it was, but I remember standing on the circle of the gym and singing it. Yep. Um, but yeah.
1: Yep. And then guides, pathfinders, rangers, adults, um, we all close with taps, um, mm-hmm. which most every girl guide knows. Um, I realized I just skipped over brownies. We're going <laughs> okay. to, we're sure going to come back to that. we circled around. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I learned, um, I think it was just, was that last week i we did a meeting with UK girl guides. Um, And we closed out with taps and it was interesting because they were saying, so we were trying to decide which version we were singing. They said, oh, are we doing Canadian taps or are we doing like taps, taps? And we're like, Canadian taps, what's Canadian taps? And apparently there's a line in there that's different. I can't remember what it is now, but it's like Hmm. no one's ever heard of it. (laughs) And We're like, "Uh, I don't know where you got that idea that that was Canadian taps. But
0: Did Tina know anything about it?
1: She was like, we've never, that's not how we sing it. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) we don't. So it taps is taps, I think, um, for at least the English-speaking girl guides and Girl Scouts, most of us know it.
0: Um, There's also daytime taps, Mm -hmm. um, which I remember having to be taught at the end of every camp through Pathfinders and Rangers, because we did a guide zone to wrap up every camp. And I still have no clue what the words are. No, it's, nope. I know they're different. I know there is daytime tops. Um, and yeah.
1: Yeah. Ditto. I have no clue what the lyrics are. I remember learning it maybe once or twice, maybe three times. But yeah, no, no clue. <laughs> we just didn't sing it because we never really met in the daytime ever. Yeah. If we did, it was at camp and it was like, well, we're here the whole weekend. So yeah. Yeah. That was sort of it. Uh, um, but Yeah, Brownie's so Brownies. Yeah, Brownies um, I remember really well. It's a cute song.
0: I don't I remember the run along home part. But I don't like I don't really remember it that oh really
1: i used to be like my favorite part because it was like now run along home and jump into bed and then like i think i don't know if they still say the say your prayers part because that's you know religion has sort of been pushed out from girl guides as Mm -hmm. it should be right like it should be non-secular but i don't know like i don't know i I don't know if they've changed that i should i should have looked to see um i think i have heard other versions but i don't remember what what they've said but i always thought it was a cute song I loved singing it.
0: I always enjoyed, um especially at like multi branch camps, um, the brownies hooting at the end to oh. say goodbye and say thank you.
1: Oh that's I always cute. thought that
0: was really cute.
1: I don't think I've ever heard that, but I mean, right, it's it's unit traditions. That's what's so cool about openings and closings is yeah. that each unit has like will put their own spin on the song or like have an additional little thing at the end that they do to like just you know, make it their own, so. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they're cute.
0: Yeah, I'll see if I can find any, but it's really cute. It's all these little, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds pretending to be owls and (laughs) hooting. Very
1: cute. (laughs) So cute. And then, of course, so for others in Campfire, um, there's... I picked out several. There's go well and safely, which does really well for if you're, again, meeting during the daytime and leaving during the daytime. It's sort of like a nice, you know, everyone go home safely. Um, There's also softly falls the light of day, which is sort of more of a campfire closing. Um, Make new friends, um, on my honor, and say why. So those are sort of the ones that I felt, just from my experiences, um, fit really well as closing campfire songs or closing event songs.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've heard Softly Falls the Light of Day before.
1: Um oh what does the tune go to? It's like Softly Falls the Light of Day as our campfire fades uh, away. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's oh Christmas tree or O oh Tannenbaum or something. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh-huh. It's a it's a nice one.
0: That is really nice. Now that you've sung it, I remember a little bit more, but definitely not one that was high in the rotation of campfire songs in my uh, growing up years. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so to completely change topic, or not completely, <laughs> but dramatically, um, we're going to talk about the different areas of program within guiding. Um, so over the last, I don't know, five years, or so, um, Girl Guides of Canada have slowly been changing their program to an online girl-driven platform, um, which is really cool and interesting. It means that the program can update and be more dynamic than it was, because until this change came in, the program that the girls were doing was the program that we did when we were in Pathfinders. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I was a Pathfinder as that program came into effect. Um, so it was like a good 15 years of a program that, you know, had very little to do with internet safety and cyberbullying and a lot of things that uh, young girls are uh, dealing with now. Um, and mm-hmm. especially Pathfinders who spend so much of their time online um i hopefully you know this program being more dynamic you know prevents that stagnation for girls um but they yeah when they launched the program two three years ago um they launched it with seven areas of program and one of the cool things is that you know it's only a handful of years old and they've already introduced a whole new area of programming um just showing mm-hmm. you how dynamic it can be so um the area that they've added in was into the outdoors which is the camping and nature one which a lot of people like complained about and were like oh you're missing this like how are you like missing such a huge part of guiding and they're able to come back and respond so quickly. Like it was over, you know, six months where all of a sudden we had a new area. Um, it
1: was. I remember that being very quickly added. And um because it was that it was that first year when the program was officially out to all units, um when everyone started complaining about, well, there's no why is camping not have its own category? <laughs> camping was like lumped in with guiding like the the guide together is that what it was yeah guide together it was lumped under guide together and everyone was like you need you need something bigger because there's so much to do with camping in the outdoors and like that's basically where girl guides like has its Mm -hmm. roots right is in camping in the outdoors like we do a whole lot more but like because there's so much history and so much you can do right it sort of seemed silly not to have it. So, yeah, they basically changed it within the next year and um, it was out. And, uh, fun note to make about the program when it was being tested, we were one of the test units here in um, Waterloo, which was fun. So, we got to test out some of the stuff. We got to vote on um, what the badge design was like, so what shape we preferred and all that. So, um, sort of a nice way to be involved. Um, if you ever get a chance to do that, if you're ever called on as a unit, you should take the chance, right, because they're going to listen to you and the yeah. feedback that you give them because um, we got to test out a couple activities and the ones that we tested out seemed sort of like juvenile, in my opinion. Yeah. It was like, it was like, this is not like Pathfinder level, like they could do so much more and it was like an art thing and it was like here are all these um resources like here are like paint and markers and you know just make something there was like very little direction Mm -hmm. but it was also like it was like it seemed like something that sparks could easily do and i was like you you gotta you gotta change it if you're gonna give it to pathfinders so um Uh, a lot of testing
0: was also a test unit and the girls had a lot of fun doing you know all the testing um and we were uh, we signed up as a multi-branch unit because we were a Pathfinder Ranger unit. So for all of the programs, we got you know the test program for all branches, which was really nice. Cause, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, we found a lot of it. Um, looking at the Pathfinder activities, we felt like a lot of them were a little too juvenile for our girls. So we were, like, able to just go and do the ranger program, yeah. um, which we found was a lot better for our girls, and our girls enjoyed more um, than some of the Pathfinder-aged program. And definitely, we went back to them, like, pretty much every set of activities they sent us, we like, this is too young, this is, like, guided yeah. stuff, not Pathfinders, um... And looking at it now, it definitely seems like they took that into account and changed it, especially with the art stuff. It was, but the pilot, yeah. the ranger <laughs> art program that they sent out and that um, pilot program was a lot of fun. Our girls loved yeah. it.
1: Oh, that's good. At least you guys got to, uh, like, it's good to know that there was initially some, like, higher sort of level of yeah. activity because we were not getting that. Um yeah was nice and
0: really artsy so that might have had something to do with it but
1: yeah yeah that's true right that's the other thing about program is like depending on your unit like your girls might be interested in doing completely different things and um my experience so far is that pretty much every year they like to do artsy things whether or not they're super creative or not um I think you sort of get the the um small groups of girls within your unit who are really good and the rest are sort of just you know there for the (laughs) there for the activity um but yeah the program overall I was I've been really pleased with how it's um grown and evolved because yeah at first it was there was some uncertainty and then Um, the nice thing too, is that they will always accept any ideas that are not currently in the system. Um, they will accept anything and they will review it and post it so that more people can see it. So it's continuously growing. Basically it's like having an endless binder and you can keep just adding sheets and sheets and sheets of activities without worrying about having to get a new binder. It's just all going to be there. Um, I came up with that analogy just like on the spot. I was like, this is how I do it. Um, but that's basically how um, this program works, and again, who knows, maybe they'll put, add another area of program later when they find that one category is just full of activities and they need to branch out a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I also find that, um, like you said earlier, like they've added um, a bunch of stuff for technology and like STEM, for instance, too. That was a yeah. big thing that's been added. Um Another big thing I think is mental health, right? That was never really ever covered. The sort of be well section of Girl Guide activities when we were girls was more just about healthy eating and active living. It was, we never covered anything mental health-wise that I can remember. Other than maybe we talked about anti-bullying and we possibly, I don't really remember talking about LGBTQ plus stuff. But maybe we did in Rangers, but yeah, it was yeah. it was lacking in a lot of those areas. And guiders were saying like, I don't know what to do. My girls are asking to cover this, but like we don't have program for it. Yeah, so. and
0: like, you not necessarily have the background to be able to talk about it yourself. Um, a lot of these topics aren't, you know, if you don't have a background in it, like you wouldn't be able to talk about it without some additional resources. And as much as Guiders wish we could do everything, like, we are, you know, also just human beings who have, you know, jobs and lives outside of Guiding and don't have, you know, the time or resources to be able to um, help, uh, especially with those more in-depth conversations. Some other areas of program that we haven't quite chatted about is Explore Identities, which, um, helps... You know, the girls discover what makes you unique and appreciate the differences in other people Um, and get to know a little bit about yourself and um, your community. Um, Build skills, which will teach you, you know, life skills um, and give you the know how to do different things um, and the skills to do them. Um, So, you know, fix Broken, you know, household items, um, you know, build chairs like we did at camp in the fall, um, all the way to uh, planning and budgeting, um, which is definitely something that kids need to learn how to do uh it's funny
1: too because I remember that being like a high ask like girls wanted to know how to do like the practical things and I remember in high school like I was like yeah we never learned how to do our taxes we never learned any of that stuff and like yeah there was an accounting class but like who wanted to take accounting I just want to learn how to do how I should do my taxes or how I should go about doing it so yeah. um the money the money sense theme under the life skills area is was a big one it was a big important one to add in um because even though we were still selling cookies and we were sort of working with the money stuff um it was important that that was also applied in other areas as well
0: yeah I have this vivid vivid memory of when I was in Rangers um it was after Tina had moved out this way so we had come to visit her for a weekend and she handed me the Ranger book and said, "You're one challenge away from getting your Chief Commissioner's Award. Play tonight's activity so you complete it." Um, she was like, "This is, you know, the section you need to do." It's like, "Okay," flipping through it, like trying read things, trying to find out what I needed. Um, I was like, "Read one." I was like, "Do your taxes." It's like, "Um, so my parents made me do my taxes last week by myself <laughs> for the first time." Um, like obviously with their help, but I'm done. <laughs> and <laughs> Tina, being Tina, is like, okay, so what program are we going to do tonight? Um, uh, totally nonchalant. And then I got my award, I don't know, later that summer or something. But yeah, very vividly remembering, like, sitting in the backseat of her car and being like, so I'm done. And I really don't want plan tonight's program, but apparently I'm planning tonight's program. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the other two or three, um, areas are, um, experiment and create, which is, um, STEM, so science, uh, technology, engineering, and math, and some art, um, be well, which is, you know, physical and mental health um, and healthy relationships, which is so important, especially right now when kids aren't in school and in like other activities to, you know, make sure they keep relationships active and healthy. Um, yeah. Connect and question, which is learning about your impact um, in your local community, nationally and worldwide, um, and you know, helping see how one thing connects to everything else and seeing the bigger picture. And the final one, going back to so many guiding things, is take action. um doing your good turns, doing your uh, service projects, um, and uh, taking your choices, voice, and action. Um, actions to make something bigger and uh, global or a local impact. Um, yeah. That's, you know, a quick overview of the eight areas. Um, I don't think we actually mentioned it by name, but there's also the uh, guide together, which is, you know, all about your guiding story and the history of world guides.
1: Yeah, so it's it's got a lot to it um and pretty much sort of something for everyone and like we said um there's always an opportunity to add an activity if it's not on the program you can add it yourself um which is so nice right and yeah it can be hard to sometimes when you do create an activity you're not sure where it goes but the other thing that they say is like wherever you think it fits it doesn't really have to be just one you can sort of pick and choose sometimes so That's also nice. It's very flexible.
0: And some of the areas don't have as many um, pre-made programs or activities yet. So having that choice as a unit to decide where things go and that creativity and leeway makes um, things a little easier and lets girls discover more. They aren't stuck to kind of the black and white program, which... I know especially in my later years as a girl, you're kind of funneled into this, you know, black and white version of programme versus, you know, sparks or brownies. It was much more, well, you know, it says make play doh, but instead we're going to make slime because it's the same idea and a little bit more wishy washy and more suggestion versus black and white decisions. <laughs>
1: I think I, uh, yeah, noticed that when I got to the older branches and I, it was, I even looked at the Pat, old Pathfinder program recently. I was like, yeah, these are like very strict. Like these are what you do. I mean, some, some activities ha- had to choice, but you know, you had to pick like eight from 12 and you mm-hmm. to get the badge and yeah, sometimes it was hard to decide what to do. And I think probably as we got closer and closer to having a new program, more leaders were probably like, well, we'll do it this way and we'll count it because I mean, we can it's sort of up to guide's discretion at that point right when you're yeah. getting so out of date that you can just sort of count it as whatever you want um the old
0: program, why not yeah the old program also um was not always fair to the different regions within Canada so i know like there was one activity that i was looking at and it was like take the subway like there's only <laughs> what, two subway yeah. systems in Canada? Um, Like, not every girl has a chance to take the subway. Like, I'm sure most of our girls out here haven't been on the subway, versus every single girl in my unit in Markham had been, because no one's driving downtown if they don't have to. yeah no,
1: it's just part of your life, yeah. so it just counts. I, and, you know, that just shows you, like, someone who was thinking about that program clearly had the experience and just you know had thought like okay that's something everyone can do and hadn't really thought about like okay what about all the other places yeah um so that's yeah it's nice um so speaking of empowering women with program we've got a very powerful woman (laughs) for our next segment her name is linda carter and you may know her as wonder woman
0: Tights fighting for your rights and the old red, white, and blue. Yeah, so Wonder Woman, the amazing woman who could do everything.
1: Now, I when I was doing this research, it was all new to me because of course, like I don't think I ever watched wonder woman growing up. And I mean, fair enough. It was a little bit older than me and, um, like I never had cables. So I never got to even see reruns or anything. I just, I think I, when I got a little bit older, I had heard of her, but, um, it wasn't really until I was doing the research that I learned about who this woman was. Um, and she was pretty incredible, um, yeah, herself. Um, so she was born on July 24th uh, in 1951 in Phoenix, Arizona. And actually her name originally spelled L-I-N-D-A was changed to L-Y-N-D-A. Um, that was a choice that she made and she just changed it during grade school at one point and just decided, you know, I think it was probably something that she just wanted to be different and that yeah. was how she was going to do it.
0: Um,
1: um, she's really, also she noted...
0: Like, with the traditional spelling of Linda, um, <laughs> I've, like, my brother is 10 years older than me, so, like, both of us were too young to watch, um, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, but I grew up watching Batman movies, so I knew who Wonder Woman was, and, like, I remember learning vaguely about Linda Carter and knowing that she was the original Wonder Woman, but, that was about it um but the uh changing like her changing her spelling of her name is definitely (laughs) seems pretty on brand um from what I knew as a kid
1: yeah it very much so as I was reading um there was something about a quote about how um because she later um when she had left high school she wanted to do singing. She wanted to tour with her band, um, but her, and her parents were very much okay with it, um, because she had promised that she would come back and she would, you know, she would continue with school academically if, you know, if it fit. Um, but I think her husband at later in life had asked like her mother like why did you let her go and her mother basically responded with like well what were we supposed to do like when she's like once linda's got her mindset on something you can't change it so yeah very much on brand for her i think um so yeah she basically her career started out in singing and it started really early so she was 14 when she was waiting tables at her uncle's restaurant in Winslow Arizona um and that was when she realized that instead of waiting tables she could be earning 50 dollars a night by singing in a band so that's what she did um by the time she turned 17 so the end of high school she was making 400 dollars a week singing in lounges in Reno and Las Vegas um which, at 17, like, I don't know if my parents would have let me do that. Um, I wish those I was are, you know, that kind of the... funny when
0: I was 17. And that was in the also. 60s. Or yeah. 70s. Like, damn. Uh, but yeah. yeah, my parents definitely wouldn't be letting me sing in casinos in Reno and Vegas when I was 17.
1: No way. <laughs> it just would never happen. So yeah, um, as I said, she had graduated from high school and rather than attending arizona state university where she actually had qualified for a scholarship um she decided that she wanted to go on tour because she felt the pull to do it um she was singing with two different groups at the time on tour um and like i said she promised her dad that she would actually mail him every other paycheck to save so she was thinking you know long term like I'm not just gonna spend it all, as probably a lot of teenagers, yeah. you know, would think. She committed to sending paychecks back so that, you know, she had the money for later in life. Mm-hmm. So, so i very just smart.
0: Googled how much four hundred dollars in nineteen seventy would be today. And it is two thousand six hundred and forty three dollars oh. in today's money.
1: Oh my goodness. Um,
0: yeah. so she was definitely raking it in as a young teenager. <laughs>
1: now to be fair, um, like the site didn't specify what like maybe they had already converted it to four hundred dollars like money in this day and age, but who knows? Like, so it's still four hundred dollars a week? That's a lot. I was I was not getting paid that much when I was working part time, but to be fair yeah. my job didn't require singing I was a cashier in customer service so you know not maybe not quite the same skills or caliber but still like that's a lot of of money yeah um and then basically she grew tired of touring after two years so she quit singing um and she started school at Arizona State um and at the time she was uh she was looking at a contest for Miss Arizona and she decided to enter on a whim, Um, basically had no prior knowledge or experience. And that was in 1972. And then once she was named Miss USA in 73, she quit um, college. Um, She wanted to make a go of her acting career. So I guess she sort of turned from that sort of, I guess Miss USA is you sort of learn how to put on a face or how to act a little bit. And that must've Drawn her towards it.
0: I'm sure the singing helped that stage presence and being in front of crowds.
1: Absolutely. So um, then she decided to study acting and she took classes in New York. And almost within months, she was already getting parts on television. Um, They were just small guest appearances, but there were appearances on TV shows like Starsky and Hutch and Nakia. Um, pretty and then,
0: big shows
1: yeah those were pretty big I remember hearing of Starsky and Hutch um, yeah. even if I do not know what it's about Like I, I've heard of it so pretty big um, for her and then she also sort of continued to work on her music um, and released an album called Portrait on May of 1978 so had sort of kept it on the side but basically after that it was backseat she didn't really go back to music after um and then basically she got her big break her infamous role of being wonder woman when she originally auditioned for the lead role in a movie fan club um and even though like the producers liked her they just didn't think she was right for the role but then the producer called up his friend who at the time you know was in the midst of casting a second pilot for the wonder woman tv show um Apparently the first pilot bombed, it did not do well, so they were making up a second one and she was cast as Wonder Woman, they liked her for the role, so that's how she got it. It was, you know, all about who you know, being in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. Um And like, ha- having the fortune of back then, they would recast or redo a pilot for a TV show today. You hear so many sh- like great ideas for shows. That, you know, someone didn't like and they disappear forever, and you never get to see anything else. So, definitely a little luck on her side way back when, uh, to get, you know, have the producer call his friend and them doing a second pilot for a TV show.
1: Absolutely. And, um, when I was researching that part, I looked up what, you know, how Wonder Woman got started, who created it, and, um... The man who created it, Charles Moulton, um, had actually started the Wonder Woman comic strip because he had decided that little girls needed a superhero because little boys had already had Superman and Batman and Captain Marvel, who at the time, I guess Captain Marvel was male, but I know Captain Marvel is being female, so I don't read comic books, though. so fair enough. Um, But I thought that was fitting because it... Reminded me so much of how Girl Guides got started, right? It was like mm-hmm. Robert Bain Powell was like, Well, the girls want to join, so I've got to do something for the girls. So that's, you know, that's it. Sort of, it connected really well. Yeah,
0: but, and you can see that now with the like current stream and all that of superhero movies where, you know, there's so many, and then Wonder Woman did way better than anyone expected. And Captain Marvel did way better than anyone expected. And Black Panther did better. And showing that, you know, minorities can also, you know, be big pulls and, you know, are, um have more appeal than just, you know, their, like, obvious demographic. They have a way wider appeal. And made really good movies on top of all that. Like, I'd still go back and watch Wonder Woman, like, the newest one. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for the sequel to come out. I'm so excited. Yeah.
1: It is exciting. I remember watching it too, and at first I thought, "Oh, this isn't going to be any good," but then it was. Uh, it exceeded sort of my expectations, and it's funny. The only reason I decided to watch that movie, the one that was released in 2016, I believe was the year, um, was because I was actually in London when they were filming a scene. Um, and they were filming in the square, I think it was Trafalgar Square, with the lions. Um, mm-hmm. And we had wanted to go see, right? Like, as any tourist would want to go see. We didn't yeah. know they were filming until we got there and we saw these gates up with the blue screens. And we're like, they're clearly filming something. We we can't even go anywhere near it. We have mm-hmm. to, like, just pass by it. Um, and then when we got back to our, uh, oh, what do they call it? Oh, my gosh. Words escaped me. The place we were staying, anyway. Um, Hostel? Hostile, hostile, that's <laughs> where. I was like, I know it's like a dark dingy like place. Anyway, it was safe. Um, We went back and we looked it up and it was like, oh, they were filming Wonder Woman there. So that's like one of the reasons I just wanted to see it because I had like been there in person just to see like catch glimpse of like something going on. So yeah, it was a big, big movie later. Um, but back to Linda, so she was part of the show then for three seasons. That's as long as it ran. Um, I can't
0: believe it was I, only three
1: seasons. I know. It feels
0: like it, feels I don't like it know, maybe, so much more.
1: It does. I wonder if, it's funny because they say, um, the notes are that even though it was financially successful they decided to end it after the third season so like it was it was popular and it was successful but they decided to axe it after that so who knows what what the reasoning was they didn't really give one but um yeah it was uh it was (laughs) you know it was popular um and Through her role, though, um, so at the time, her husband, Ron Samuels, who was a talent agent, had managed her career, and he had helped her find success financially. So during her first season, she was being paid $3,500 per episode, which is, again, crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then by the final season, she was making over a million dollars for a season, which was a record amount at the time for a woman in a television series. So like, like, we know, smashing the glass ceiling, like, making a mark. And, yeah, unfortunately, though, as she moved past Wonder Woman and further into her career, like, she had a hard time shaking that Wonder Woman role. Um, you know, she would go out for auditions and TV and movies, but she could never really shake that persona. Um, she was just she... always known as Wonder Woman.
0: Crazy, because didn't she do her own stunts or something? Like, she was... Yeah. Like insane in that she was like should have been able to um um, translate some of those skills into other shows.
1: Absolutely. Um yep, so she was just being having trouble seeing as anything other than that. Um so she ended up turning back to music and she invested two hundred thousand dollars of her own money into producing her own show in Las Vegas. Um it was a variety show. Um, which was just based around her singing and dancing. And thankfully, it was very popular and a financial success. So, you know, her career sort of followed along that way. She did a lot of variety shows, um, one of which was actually Emmy-nominated. So, you know, did well, too, in that respect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she sort of became her own boss, so to speak, right? Her own basically an entrepreneur right started her own Mm -hmm. shows so very much an independent woman Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah so moving on again like i said she continued with um music but then she also you know kept going back to movies and tv shows and auditioning um she's been in law and order as a guest star um She's also played um, what I thought was really cool. She's been in um, Smallville, which is also, like, the Superman version of, like, a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was just kind of funny the way that worked. And then she's also been in the more recent TV show Supergirl. um, And she's been – she was in there for six episodes as Olivia Marston. Um, I've never watched the show myself, but – yeah, it was. Re- that's really cool. She sort of ha- still has those superhero connections. Um, I don't know if that's because again she can't break away from that role. She has trouble from that, but um, still pretty cool. She's still getting uh, jobs. Um, it's nice that, yeah, and then um,
0: things have changed over the last, I don't know, thirty, forty years, where you can like, even if you are stuck typecast as a superhero, there's so much more you can do versus back in, like, the 70s and 80s, there might have been, like, one or two shows on, versus now there's uh, more than I can ever count, or follow, or keep track of. There's yeah. so much.
1: There is. And that's sort of still, there's still a fear of that, too, and all these actors and actresses well-known that are getting into these movies, like, what basically the Avengers the last 10 years you know those those people were dedicated to those 10 years and there was worry from some of them that they wouldn't be able to get jobs that were like what they wanted to get like serious roles or more something outside the outside of what they had just done so yeah I think it's I think it's changed and um, it's nice to see that again like Linda has been able to keep going um, and she's actually still making music and before COVID-19 started she was touring with her band so you know she's still going strong and she has um two kids as well with her second husband um Robert Altman who is a lawyer and uh, she had ended up actually moving to DC um in the in the 1990s and um would travel back to Hollywood to take on different parts in um TV shows So there was a lot of, you know, that was a lot of commitment for her in terms of time and travel.
0: Especially with kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, she's been pretty darn successful. And, um, you know, she actually recently, well, recently, as in 2016, um, spoke in front of an audience of Girl Scouts um, when the superhero Wonder Woman was named as an honorary UN ambassador for the empowerment of women and girls in so uh, that was kind of cool. And apparently honorary ambassadorships always go to fictional characters. So huh. um, it was just sort of nice that they picked Wonder Woman that year, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but when she was uh, interviewed about it, she said that Wonder Woman helps bring out the inner strength every woman has. Um, she lives in the stories so that women tell me day in and day out. So, you know, very nice to have that connection. And that she came back to the Girl Scouts too, right? She's... Uh, mm-hmm. She's, there's not a lot of information, again, like I say every time. There's not a lot yeah. of information on these people about their guiding experiences, but like you can tell just in the work that they do that it's, it's kind of obvious that they've had that background.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they keep coming back to guiding and scouting. Um, the fact that you're taking time out of your super busy schedule to talk to Girl Scouts um, definitely shows that it played an important role in your life. And who you are. And one of the other things I love, she said, that uh, Linda said about Wonder Woman um, and why it's still resonating with people today is that um, we're still fighting the same fight. We still need more female role models and just showing that, you know, that representation still isn't around. We, you know, have moved on so far, but, you know, still can't look to the big screens and see um, an equal number of women in leads and, or leading roles, um, and, you know, in the categories that you do see that, like, equality of leading roles, the age differences between female and male, um, leads is dramatic, and, like, everyone knows once you reach, you know, your 30s or 40s in Hollywood, your career is basically over if you're a woman, Versus a man who, you know, can just keep acting forever and ever.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that sort of the standards are different. Um, That sort of point, though, that she makes about needing, still needing more women, um, it's not even just any women in any role. It's, they have to sort of, you know, be significant roles, and they, um, I always think of the Bechdel test, and um, I don't know if you know about the Bechdel test, Mm -hmm. but it's a measure of representation of women in fiction. And that also includes like TV shows and movies. Um, So the way you pass it is that in, in said media, whatever it is, there have to be at least two women and they have to talk to each other about something other than a man. It cannot have anything to do with the man, the conversation that they have. So um, it's, it's apparently very shocking how many things don't pass that test. Um, So again, that's like, Women can't just be getting any role. It has to be a role that's significant and meaningful. And it can't just be, you know, because some of those roles where you think like, oh, women have got the role. It's like, yeah, but they're not really a significant role. It's not like yeah. a life changing role. It's you, you got to make sure you get those good ones, which I think why Captain Marvel, when they decided to choose the cast, it was decided that she would be female because, yeah, traditionally it's it was a male superhero they needed something right they needed something to show that like the the industry cared about the fact that representation matters and in all all, in all ways in gender in race in ability um
0: yeah
1: yeah so it's very nice that she she was a part of that she was able to sort of start the change and um Speaking of which, too, she was also an advocate and supporter of pro-choice rights for women. So big thing, big Mm -hmm. deal. And she's also... an advocate and supporter of legal equality for LGBT people. Um, So not just, you know, the fact that they're equal and saying they're equal, but getting the legal rights for it. And um, she's actually been a grand marshal at several pride parades over the years. So she is not only just vocally saying she's supportive, she's like physically there and supportive. So yeah, it's, it's great to see her as that. And I am happy that we picked her because I learned a lot about her
0: hmm I definitely learned a lot more than I knew before. Um, like I said, all I really knew is she was, w- like, the first Wonder Woman. Um, so I guess that brings us to our campfire song and Sparks Jump Up. Sparks jump up when you light the fire. Sparks jump up and give a big cheer. Sparks jump up as the flames get higher. The sparks, the sparks, the sparks are here. So like we said earlier in the song, um, this is the spark opening song, um, super cute, super great when you have like a bunch of little girls singing, um, and I know when I sang it with my units, um, we got the girls to actually jump whenever it says jump in the song, um, so it always made them like help them get really excited and have fun like pump up with a ton of good um, energy with the opening song
1: yeah I remember doing that too definitely doing the jump up um, and doing the clap when you say cheer so yeah yeah, yeah it's a, it's a very cute song very fun song um, I again like I said like I don't remember doing this opening but I remember learning it when I was a junior leader um, mm-hmm. for the sparks group that I was uh volunteering with so you know cute song and um again like you we said in previous episodes this song in particular does not have a lot of history behind it at least not a lot of history that we know of um which is fair enough like um i looked it up
0: yeah sparks is only 30 years old so even if there was a ton of history exactly it's not like it's been around forever
1: so, fair enough, That that's our reasoning for this week, that's why we don't have much <laughs> At information. At least we know why there's mean, no
0: history this week.
1: Yeah, fair enough, right? I would like to know who, like, creates these things, though, just to, like, have that, you know, knowledge. Like, maybe it was a group effort, but I just, like, I, I'm curious, I'd like to know. Yeah. But, uh, Yeah. The, these things usually just come about because one leader has started doing something. Like, I'm sure that's how Twinkle Twinkle Little Spark started. Like, a leader oh, probably just came sure. up with it and just spread all the way around, and eventually everyone has heard of it who's a spark leader, and, you know, that's, that became a song. Yeah. Um. So, who knows? I mean, could have come from anywhere, but it's nice to have in the repertoire. Um, and you know what? You don't have to sing it if you're – um. Or you can sing it if you're not a spark. I don't know where I was going with that at <laughs> <up> first. <laughs> you can sing it, sing it even if you're not a spark. It's a fun song, um, and it's you know it sort of um, relates to campfire too. You can put it into your beginning of the campfire, right? Yeah. You could be singing about the sparks and the fire. It doesn't have to be about the little you know five and six year olds in pink shirts. Although the pink shirts have been retired, unfortunately, wow. but you know it's a sad, sad moment in history, yeah. <laughs> guiding history. But yeah, so that closes us out for another episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we realized, I think it was last week, that we passed a threshold on episodes. Um, so we have passed the 10, 10 episode thresholds um, a couple episodes ago. But it's exciting because then that means that clearly we're committed to it and we're going to keep going and keep providing content. Um, and of course, Let us know, too, about how you're enjoying it. Um, You can do so on any of the platforms where you are listening to us, so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. um, Maybe you're just listening on our website. You can, I'm sure, give us a comment somewhere, even if it's just on a blog post or just sending us a little comment anonymously. Um, We would love to hear it. Um, Exactly. And if you have any ideas for things, like you think there's a girl guide – former or current that we should cover someone who's like important enough that you think she should be on the segment let us know because again we're biased we live in north america we we know about the girl guides from canada and the u.s um we're trying to branch out a little bit more but it's hard to get that information about Mm -hmm. other famous girl guides so if you know of them and you want us to cover them let us know
0: yeah um you can also follow us on the social medias um, we're at Guides Own on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us there. Keep up to date on the newest episodes, podcast news, and behind the scenes.
1: Yes. So as we close out for the night, we wish you all, our listeners, good guiding.
0: Good guiding. Day, Day is done. Gone, gone the sun. From the, the lake. From the hills. From the sky. All is well, safely rest, peace is nigh.